Hey, what up, Long Beach? You know, a few weeks ago, we couldn't even imagine talking about CIF playoffs and kids coming back to LBUSD high school campuses. But here we are. D did you imagine this? <laughs> Not me. We're doing exactly that on this only podcast that updates you on our local schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. As always, we're the 562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Gardabasio. What up, Long Beach? As always, brought to you as part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post, where you can find sports coverage from us, as well as education coverage from us, covering LBUSD school board meetings, as well as the reopening of LBUSD campuses that we're so excited about. And I'm Tyler Hendrickson. Just want to give a shout out quickly to all of our supporters out there. We are a local nonprofit news outlet that relies on community support to stay in business and continue to do the work that we love to do. So that's our Patreon subscribers, our donors, our board members, our sponsors, uh, everyone that you know retweets and shares our stuff, our, our loyal readers from all over the globe. So thank you guys so much for all of your support. And JJ, were you were you giving me some? Some Paul Rudd earlier, little hot ones. I was, I was trying. <laughs> well, it is ten seventeen a.m. on a Thursday. We're somehow finding time to do this podcast in between the previews that we've been doing and the coverage that we're getting back into now. Is literally every single sport you can possibly name in high school is and, happening, and the vaccine. And the vaccine, and I got my second vax appointment. I was not going to pull a mic and try to do this podcast after the vax appointment. We got to knock it out first. We got to make it work. First. You did. You that did make it work. work. You did make it work. Yeah, you did for sure. <laughs> um, so number one on the docket, we have to talk about playoffs because the CIO Southern section will proceed with playoffs for baseball, basketball, lacrosse, soccer, softball, team tennis, boys volleyball, and dual meet wrestling as announced this week, as promised by Rob Wygod, the CIF Southern section commissioner on this show, actually. Tyler holding his feet to the fire, making sure that he met his deadline. But hallelujah, dude. We've got postseason around the corner. If you're looking at soccer and stuff that started a little bit earlier, those playoffs are going to be in May. And if you're looking at baseball and softball stuff that started a little bit later, those playoffs are going to be in June. So buckle up. It is going to be a sprint to the finish here, and we are here for it. It's definitely like it's going to be a marathon sprint is the only way to describe what this next couple of months is going to be like. But I'm so thrilled about this because everyone's been talking about the importance of sports for normalcy, you know, and everything else. And as we talked about with football, it's great that the kids have a chance to go out and compete. But there's nothing normal about a six game football season in March and April that just ends on a date for everyone at the same time. What is normal is or starts to feel a little normal is, hey, everyone's wearing masks and they're socially distanced, but here's the more league basketball season, then the brackets come out and now we're competing for championships. It does start to feel like, yes, we're wearing masks, yes, we're being responsible, but you can start to see things looking a little bit normal. And I think that's tremendous for all the kids and all the sports writers who get to kind of cover the natural flow of the season now. Well, and it was so nice to hear from the commish, uh, obviously friend of the show uh, and Long Beach guy, Rob Wygod. You could just tell in the tone of his voice, you know, how, in, you know, upbeat, <laughs> you know, and excited that he was to say, I finally get to come out here and give people good news, <laughs> you know, and not have kids bummed out on the YouTube, like, well, why can't we do this? Or you don't care about us, you know, and, and they were rightfully frustrated and disappointed. You know, I completely understand the, the kids that, you know, that missed out on opportunities and were upset um, about not getting a, a full season or, or a chance to play in the playoffs. But 
the vast majority of athletes this year, because, you know, as we know, all the sports are not all, but a, a lot of the sports are in the spring and we're going to get playoffs. And that's, that's huge, you know, because it makes every game, I think, feel a little bit different because now we all have that, you know, that sort of guiding light at the end of the year, right? We're trying to get ready for the postseason and, and trying to see what we can do and if we can make some history. So uh, it was really great, um, you know, hearing that and, and being kind of inspired by one of those press conferences. And, you know, obviously the CIF has taken uh, a fair amount of heat, um, which we've kind of gone over feeling like, you know, a lot of that was kind of unfair criticism, but uh, for them to be able to share that good news and, and be able to do what <laughs> their charge is to do is to facilitate uh, competition between schools that that we love to see. It was um, it was uplifting. It was another positive step in the right direction. We've been fortunate to be making a few of those the last few months. And they're not done. They're still working on hosting championships for additional quote unquote meet sports for the spring for like golf, swimming, diving, individual tennis, and track and field. That track and field one, uh, the one we've all it's, got our eyes on. It's very critical that we find a way to get – and I'm just, I'm just going to throw this out there. You guys know that I'm a track guy and I love following our local athletes and teams. It's critical that we get CIF and state champion, if at least CIF, if not state championships for track and field. You've got two very good programs, uh, as always, in Long Beach Poly and Wilson – but you also have uh, Samara Monroy at Milliken and Asia Atkinson at St. Anthony, who, I mean, these are t- state leaders, you know, that, that deserve a chance to, you don't want to see them lose two years and wipe out half of their high school uh, eligibility to not being able to stamp their names in the record books. And that is so much more difficult than the other ones because you've got multiple counties trying to come together. And like we said, basically this time last year, everybody's got to be on the same page and that was going to be so difficult. So now you actually do have to wait till all these counties can be on that same page so that uh, kids can travel intercountally. How do you even say that? Inter, intercount. We need more intercontinental. Intercontinental. Nice, nice. Uh, well, and, and, and to that point, JJ, I, I, cause I kind of, uh, in the, in the press conference, I kind of asked, uh, commissioner Wygott about that specific thing about the flexibility of, you know, if you don't get all eight of the CIF Southern section counties on board, can you do a championship with just six, you know, and just kind of cut the two out that are either having higher case rates or their health department isn't willing to, um, to permit the travel. But I mean, he, he very much pushed back that said, you know, we've already gotten approvals from some of the health departments. He, he wouldn't say which ones, but um, so it's there's already steps in the positive direction. He also said he doesn't see why if, you know, some counties are allowing it and the kids to travel to a location, you know, why would others not allow it? So, it, it, you know, it's nothing's on paper or official, but he was certainly giving the impression that it was very likely to happen, assuming the numbers stay where they are and going in the right direction. Well, and every day, you know, just to, to pull it back into the science part of it, every day that we don't have a surge is another day where another 1% of the population gets vaccinated, which makes it that much less likely that there will be another surge. So, I, you know, we are in a bit of a plateau. We would love to see the numbers completely fall off the cliff again and get back down to zero. But you feel like there's much more stability over the last two months in the ability to plan than there had been previously, where you had these big whiplashes of case numbers and it's been pretty steady at a decline that's kind of plateaued in this low three, um, low in the orange to your count. So I'm hopeful. I think it's obvious that the governor feels the pressure of public scrutiny around 
finding ways to make these events happen for kids just as much as you're finding ways to get Disneyland and Universal Studios open. Um, and so I'm hopeful about that. I would say, you know, and Tyler did a great job of covering that press conference. I was on it as well. Commissioner Wygott expressed very clear optimism that these things are going to get done. And it, it was a stark contrast to what you've heard from him in the press conferences or even his interviews here in the past, because there was not a, well, we're going to see, well, we're hoping. I mean, I felt like he really, without saying the words, uh, you know, and committing to something that he can't commit to, I felt like he was sending a pretty clear signal that, you know, they're planning on a more or less regular playoffs. Um, I do know that they are pretty deep into the planning stages of, of figuring out a host site and staffing it up and everything. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic, but um, it seems like they are too. And, and they're the ones that have to pull it off. So. And, and one last point quickly, as state championships go, that is outside uh, commissioner Wygott and the CIF Southern sections purview. That would be the CIF state office that would have to determine whether we could have athletes traveling, you know, like for track to, That's a different you know, animal. to Fresno, completely different animal. But if you, if you feel strongly about having state track, direct those emails to the CIF state office, but they won't know that they're going to hold a state meet until the sections are going to have their meets. So we just got to wait, but you know what, if the numbers are good, then uh, we think the news will be as well. Like an anti-modest mouse. Let's stick with the good news for people who are absolutely sick of bad news. The Long Beach <laughs> Unified School District's board meeting. Uh, good news there. Eligibility kindness is what I'm going to call it. You got it in the NCAA. We were talking about it, like I said, this time last year about them deciding that kids were going to get extra eligibility. So in high school, you can't do that, right? But what you can do is make sure that kids who are having trouble with virtual school aren't going to be punished now that they're able to come back and be competitive. Great news from the Long Beach Unified School District that they are not going to hold people to the original 2.0 GPA rules on eligibility and be a little bit kinder in this moment when we should all be a little bit kind. Yeah, I think um, I've been in my head and as I've been pitching it to various people uh, around the district. I've been using uh, um, forgiveness, grace, right? a little bit of grace, eligibility, forgiveness, um, which is which I've been thinking of because we applied for the PPP loan from the federal government at, that will be forgivable. Right. So we're applying for our forgiveness on that. Those loans help keep us afloat. And similarly, um, we sort of made the case. I mean, it, it's really obvious if you look at our coverage. I think anyone who follows us knows um, we really try and go out of our way to represent Jordan and Cabrillo and Compton High Schools, um, just because they're not always the most competitive schools in, you know, especially the big sports. Um, we want to make sure that those kids on the west side and the north side and in Compton get some love because because uh, they deserve it as much as anybody else deserves it. You know, obviously we're going to cover championship games and stuff like that, but we really do try to. Um, you know, give some respect and some love to those kids. And what we were seeing is, hey, it's really hard to do that because they're not able to field like half of these sports. Um, and we're talking to coaches about why that was. Some of it is difficulties getting kids medically cleared, but that's largely been resolved. The other issue is we know that in the LBUSD, as well as across California, um, failing grades in high school tripled, tripled, you know, from 15 percent to almost half. And that, that impact is disproportionately in the poorest parts of the city and the county and the state. Um, so what it really boils down to is we all know that distance learning did not work in neighborhoods where 
You had multi-generational households where kids were having to take care of younger siblings because their parents had to work in person and couldn't do it remotely, um, where the internet wasn't good enough to support three people in the house being on a live Zoom. And in effect, then telling those kids, well, you didn't do good enough in this messed up system. So you're also not allowed to play sports, which all of the more, uh, you know, the more well-established neighborhoods and kids are able to do. Um, it's not fair. It's not fair on any level. And also what we'd heard from a ton of these coaches, at, especially at Jordan and Cabrillo is I'm trying to keep these kids from dropping out. I'm trying to have sports be the lifeline to pull them back onto the campus community as things are getting normal, uh, getting back to normal. And so give us the ability to do that. Don't make me tell these kids, I want you to come to soccer practice six days a week. But by the way, you're not even going to be able to put a uniform on. Um, let's say, hey, this year is not like any other year. This, this stuff doesn't mean that much in the grand scheme of life. It doesn't mean as much as getting a high school diploma, being able to go to a JC or a college. So let's find a way to use sports for what I think everyone agrees their greatest value is, which is progressing these people in life. Um, and I thought this was a tremendous action. The three of us have all been advocates for them doing this. Um, so I was very happy to see that LBUSD did this. They've been organized to the extent that as we're recording this on Thursday morning, kids are already getting their waiver applications done so that like football players even will be able to play tomorrow night if they got their practices in. They'll be able to get that one last game in. I know Tim Wedlow at Jordan was very emotional about that, that his seniors are going to get to have a senior night uh, when they thought they weren't going to be able to play it all this year. So kudos to the LBUSD for making the right call here um, and to the California State Legislature and the CIF for making it easier for school districts to do this. And um, I, I think this is really going to be a third of the city is now able to play sports that wasn't able to play sports two days ago. So Welcome back to those athletes. We're happy to have you out on the field and court and uh, hope you get to make some, some great memories. No, and that's, that's well said, Mike. And, you know, we've, we've spent a lot of time talking to, to high school students over the past year, you know, and it's, it, it doesn't matter what school they go to, what neighborhood they live in, what their you know, family's financial situation might be. Everyone has struggled or not liked <laughs> the distance learning, you know, and, and it's understandable that that's kind of the best of a horrible situation that we could put together for a period of time. And, you know, we're starting to turn the corner on that, but um, you know, there's just really difficult circumstances and it's not a byproduct of, of talent or effort, you know, that there's just these other circumstances that are really making it tough on a lot of these kids. And um, you know, we see athletics as a, is a carrot to, you know, keep them more engaged and to give them some, you know, some semblance of mental health and stress relief and, you know, um, you know, social interaction that we're all desperately in need of. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I just also wanted to add in that I think it's a, the right decision and I'm excited for, for more kids to have the opportunity to play and, uh, and have something to look forward to in their day-to-day -day lives. You know, I mean, you've got, you know, you got kids where their Chromebook that's issued to them doesn't work. Um, but maybe their mom is an essential worker and tested positive for COVID. And so they can't, what are they supposed to do with their Chromebook? They can't take it in and possibly expose people to the coronavirus how do they get to wherever they need to take it or find that information you know it's just all these challenges for kids that that have led to the the struggles in the classroom and and, and like you said those rates of of failing grades is it's it's you can clearly trace that you know it's not that this year of students doesn't try it's that's not a coincidence these, no right we don't believe in coincidences <laughs> right
So we're welcoming welcoming back those student athletes. Long Beach State is also welcoming back fans in the stands. They announced this week that obviously the first ones they're going to allow are the parents and family members of the student athletes, socially distanced in their pods, limited um, limited attendance at Bull Diamond at Blair Field. Actually, also at Walter Pyramid, both places being held under the same protocol. They're all going to have to do the same thing, checking in before they get in and all that stuff. But it's going to be great to see Long Beach State fans back in the stands. And also, we wanted to make sure we mentioned those previews that we said at the top are available at the 562.org because we've been running around covering all of those sports this week. The sports we just mentioned are actually going to be playing for playoffs. So that's what we're going to do this episode of What Up Long Beach. We're going to take you with us as we whip around the city and talk to a little bit of everybody about a little bit of everything. Indoor dining is officially back in Los Angeles County, and that means that Maple's Rib Company has got their doors open once again. Uh, I know a lot of people in Long Beach enjoyed the outdoor dining. My family was doing takeouts pretty faithfully throughout the pandemic, uh, but their bread and butter is where they make the bread and butter. So they're happy to have uh, diners back inside the restaurant. Um, and I know that a ton of you guys have told us that's going to be your first, uh, your first dinner out with the family. Everyone's vaccinated. Everyone's feeling good. Uh, love to hear that. Love hearing that people understand how supportive Naples Rib Company has been of the 562, as well as a ton of local schools and sports programs around the city. Um, and they've supported us. They've supported you. So make sure that we all come together to support them, get down to Naples Rib Company, uh, you know, get it to go order, eat it in the restaurant, eat it in the outdoor dining, you know, whatever it is, get down to Naples Rib Company and tell them the 562 sent you. And, and, you know, put a little extra sauce on there too. Treat yourself. You deserve it. Turn it to Naples Bib Company. Our first stop on our tour around everything Long Beach sports this week has got to be at Lakewood High School on Tuesday Walter Spud O'Neill at Walter Spud O'Neill Fields, which is just the most bossy thing of all time. One of the best baseball coaches we've ever run into and been able to hang out with won his 900th high school baseball game, one of four California high school baseball coaches to reach the 900 win mark. Obviously, he should have been able to do this last year, but had to wait a full year while, let's be honest, the guy's getting up there, 74 years old, so he had to basically sit at home for an entire year and sit there and wait to be able to win 900. They were able to do it. They beat El Dorado at home, which was very special. Uh, one of my favorite moments of the whole day is – Final out comes down. It was it was a little nervy there at the end, but they ended up winning 4-3. Final out comes down. He comes out. All the players come over and hug him. They take a little picture. There's a little ceremony, and he sees me standing there ready to do the interview I'm about to play, and he looked at me and he said, hold on, I got to go say hi to the fans. And by fans, he meant his wife, Rob Wygod, who coached with him at Lakewood. You know, other guys who are all been sitting down that third baseline at Lakewood High School for so many years watching Spud do his thing, winning more league championships and a few CIF rings as well at Lakewood. Such a special moment for him, that school, that program. Uh, I mean, that's the type of stuff that you think like, yeah, but, you know, one day I'll be a part of history. And so all of those kids on that Lakewood team now a part of history and even the ones that came before him, you know, he's going to mention a few guys who are in the major leagues right now who is like, yeah, th th those are the guys I think about. That's the tough, the stuff I think about when I was sitting in the dugout where he admitted he was a little bit nervous, which was cool. I guess the first question you ask somebody who wins 900 baseball games anywhere is. 
Have you thought about it at all? Has it, have you considered how long it took and how many hours it took to get here? We thought this would all be done last year. Um, and we've waited a year and a half to, uh, to actually play again. So um, I wasn't thinking about it, but I have my friends are here that uh, they remind me every day, you know, one more, let's get one more, you know, type thing. And, and um, it's been fun that way. And uh, several of my friends have been with us since 1984. So that's pretty cool. Did you think about it during the game? You know, it's obviously a tight one down there at the end. Were you thinking about it then? Yeah, I, I was thinking about going to Cabrillo to get the 900th. <laughs> On Friday? <laughs> yeah, Friday. <laughs> you know. That's uh, a true baseball coach. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm going, oh, no. You know, but uh, uh, we played well. Uh, not well enough in my mind, but we're still a work in progress. And uh, I love these kids. You know, they're, it's been fun. Yeah, we talked about that for the for the season preview, how much, you know, they kind of embraced you coming back. You had to miss some time when they were working out, when they yes. were having to do the limited workout yeah. stuff. Yeah, a lot of long hair out there, too, stuff you wouldn't have let go in the past. Look, look at this thing. I, you know, the I, goatee? I yeah. You know, I, I, I just, I, I, it wasn't worth uh, causing any problems. Uh, so the thing is, uh, um, they, they've handled it well, and, and I'm, I'm fine with it now, you know. I've changed with the times. I was going to say, how much have those times changed? I mean, you've seen baseball change so much at the high school level. Well, you know, what's the biggest difference from a game today as maybe, let's say, your first win? Well, you know, it's, it's uh, in our area alone, it's, it's um, our, our, we're losing Pony League teams and, and Coat League teams and all that stuff, and that's who used to feed us. And, and now we're, we're teaching right from the get-go the freshmen uh, through the varsity team. And, and um, it's, it's a teaching um, every day, every day, you know. Do you still love it? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> my wife is, uh, is uh, you know, she, she would like me to retire um, <clears throat> on my own terms. And, and um, I'm, I'm not retiring soon, you know. So... so but I have to plan around baseball so that uh, we can continue our honeymoon. Nice, nice. Well, this is kind of like an award, right? You get the plaque, you get to stand with the boys, take a picture. So yeah. as anybody who gets an award, you want to do some thanks? You want to do a little thank you speech? Well, you know, um, what's what's a take? Uh, Rob Wygod's here, and he was with me for 14 years. Pat Simpson um, over there and uh, Al Arbogast. Um, uh, we grew up together here at Lakewood, and I coached football with them. And, and Dennis O'Hearn, a St. Anthony grad, he, he's with me, and of course my wife Carolyn. She's uh, she's been awesome. <clears throat> and and Gary uh, Deal uh, comes to most of our games, and it's it's been fun. And and the one guy that I really have to thank that kept the program together is is John Yakel. Um, we wouldn't have this program unless he uh, kept it together during, you know, my time at home. Yeah. How, how about some of the players? Any players come to mind today when you're thinking about the guys in the past who got you some of these wins? <laughs> well, yeah, because you get to see Darno on TV and and uh, Duffy's with the Cubs and and of course uh, JP's with Seattle. So that kind of stuff. And there's going to be a few more, you know, coming up. Uh, we know and. And uh, I, I enjoy that part, and uh, my wife does. She, uh, she's got to meet all of them, so it's pretty cool. So it's kind of a crescendo to reach nine, 900, you know. How much are you looking forward to getting 901? 
<laughs> yeah, this has been, uh, I you know, a little nerve-wracking in the, in the dugout for the seventh inning. But, uh, you know, I've been through this. You know, I, I, we'll, we'll uh, practice tomorrow. <laughs> I also got a chance to talk to who he just mentioned, uh, Coach Yakel, about what it meant to those players who were in the dugout on Tuesday. For the kids for uh, to come back and have something monumental, to be a part of something that big, um, I think considering losing last year, I mean, this 900th win should have happened, you know, halfway through last year. So the kids that came back, I think it's more important to them. Um, but I think it's going to make us better. I think it, they're going to start to believe that this game is, is bigger than just them. Uh, that there's more to it um, and and to play for somebody that has a passion to still be doing it uh, 37 38 years later at Lakewood I think is uh, uh, it's going to motivate the kids to to play better and to get the most out of their ability and, and play with a purpose also on Tuesday it was it was a busy day not just for tacos but for sports uh, JJ and I were both uh, over at Wilson for a terrific rivalry um, the Poly girls soccer team against the Wilson girls soccer team. Th- those games are always so much fun, usually a little more physical. This one, a little more free flowing and an open game. And, and really, JJ, there were so many goals in it and could have been so many more. I mean, I could have seen 12 to 15 different final scores from that game. I mean, that that was a that was a heck of a way to end the first round of league play, huh? It's got to be one of the best high-quality moments that we've had, right? Like, you look at that game, no matter who's playing, no matter what the score is, no matter what it is, there were moments in that game where the girls were doing things on the field where it was like, wow, we haven't seen that. Wow, we haven't seen that. Like, some of those saves, some of the individual skill that they were showing off, all of it put together made for one of the best soccer games we've ever covered. And yeah, you're right. That was usually the annual rugby match between Long Beach Poly and Wilson, where it was basically whoever was the last woman standing got to be the winner. I was shocked that you, I saw the final score. There were six goals. I was not expecting to be blown away by both goalkeepers when I watched that highlight. No doubt. <laughs> it was like some of the best goal, like some of the best play I've ever seen in goal. And it was a six goal game. <laughs> yeah, let's shout them out. Liv Herrera and Kira Ibarra. Wow, they were amazing. Some EPL quality saves. Well, and, it, you know, we were talking about it at the game, JJ. We'll peel the curtain back a little bit. But usually, you know, you, you film a soccer game, which was what I was doing. I was on the camera. And, and sometimes you're going and you're about 15, 20 minutes into the game and you're like, I, I don't really have anything to show here, you know. And you're, you're trying to edit it in your head and you're like, well, it's just been kind of a lot of back and forth, you know, just some some crosses that were a little too high. Like there's just not a lot here (laughs) in that game. You look up and you're like, wait, it's only been like 10 minutes. I have like three or four clips that, that I like have to go in. You know, we had two goals in the first 16 minutes. They were both terrific goals. And it was like, there's, we're not even halfway through the first half. It's like, this video is going to be crazy. And ultimately it was. Check out that video right now at the562.org and check out this interview with Long Beach Poly Girls Soccer head coach Anthony Perez that we did after the game. I was going to say, you got a close game just like this. Did you learn lessons in that Milliken game that turned that second half into something completely different for you guys? 100%. It was the composure defensively in the last couple minutes. Not we, you know, we gave up right there, I think, two fouls at that area, right? Whereas in that Milliken last two, I think we gave up like four in that area, which, you know what I mean? So I think definitely it was composure defensively was the key. Don't dive in, you know, hold them, delay, those kind of things, you know, be calm. It was one of the fir- best first halves we've seen in a while. 
wild. Just high quality everywhere. I mean, from goalkeeper to forwards, everything. What'd you guys say at halftime? Um, keep doing what we were doing. The you know the plan this whole year was to kind of play as two teams, a defensive half and an attacking half, and then within the game try to make them combined at times, but to play completely separate. So if you didn't notice, there was a lot of the attacking portion working, defensive was holding, being disciplined. Defense works, we're ready for the outlet. You know, so it was that kind of a counter attacking style that I think we switched up to this year. Talk about the change and bringing Gomez in. It looked like you moved some girls back to make some space for her up top. And then she really proved to be the difference. She was everywhere. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's that's my bully breed, dude. That's that's what you know what I mean. She's she's half pit, half bulldog, and she get in there and get busy, dude. And so that's the thing, you know. I just like I want to let her have free range of motion. You know what I'm saying? Free, yeah, beyond that free range action. And when we put her in that nine, she gets to do that. So has she been coming off the bench all season, or was that something new for her? Um, yeah, she came off the bench for here and for Milliken. Um, she started a couple of the other games, um, but. But, um, but, yeah, she's definitely earning her starting role in these games, for sure. Did you guys talk at all about how a result like this tonight would basically put the league back in, you know, up for grabs? Oh, 100%. That's what I was telling them. I was like, this is a must win. We can't tie. We can't lose. A tie would put us, you know, tie in this league with only the three, com- in a sense, competitive teams, right? That puts you in a bad spot because two ties can one win can take over two ties i could be undefeated you could lose one and still be on top of me so i think that this was the it was the key was to get the win dude we had to to give us some type of a a rhythm going can you talk about the overall quality of this league right now i was talking to tyler about it even on the boys side you got playmakers everywhere i mean some of the saves we saw tonight oh man that's that's epl quality well i'll be honest with you you know i think the best keepers on the in the league were out here today you know what i mean that's that's for sure so yeah you're gonna see that you know what i mean and then when it comes to you know the main schools out here you the quality is there it's, it's always there with these teams it's all about the how if we can put it together because coming from the different clubs and then coming into here and creating a different type of unit that's hard to do so um i think we did that well so do you think that maybe in a strange way delaying the season a little bit gave you guys a little bit more chance to get the club kids out of their club rhythm and into your rhythm you don't know no, quite the opposite man because they're doing clubs so like last weekend a lot of my club girls had two games on the weekend and then had to come back so it's it's more of me just allowing them a little bit of breathing room and then just letting them know like we got to make sure the tactics are switching according to the team we're playing on you know you play that way there you play this way here and i play differently with my you know here and there so it's you got to make adjustments you know that's the the key to a good soccer player they can make the tactical adjustments the technical adjustments so what's going to be the key to basically winning the second half of this season i got to get milliken we got to get Milliken. We can get Milliken. We're in a good space. You know what I mean? But um, that's our Achilles heel at the moment. So we'll see what happens, right? <laughs> Let's just hang out on Tuesday forever. First thing we covered on Tuesday was the Lakewood softball game at Lakewood against Wilson. A year ago, Wilson went to Lakewood and upset the Lancers in dramatic fashion. Dramatic in that nobody really saw it coming. Haley Houston absolutely dealt for the Bruins to get that win Uh, And as I wrote in the article, payback is best served in very familiar fashion. It was another pitcher coming out of nowhere, Lacey Barrocochea for Lakewood, the sophomore, absolutely dealing and beating the Bruins in five innings, a mercy rule. She almost had a no-no in five innings, gave up a single with two outs and two strikes. That's always the way it goes, right? (laughs) So she gives that up. But you couldn't tell after the game when I talked to her. She was all smiles. 
Okay, so first of all, you gotta say your last name for us so we can try to pronounce it correctly. Barracochea. Barracochea, Lacey Barracochea. One pitch away from a no-no. Is that something you even considered walking into this game? Are you a little bit surprised by the result, both you and the offense? Uh, very. When I came in, I was really nervous, but thankfully catcher Kendall came out. Everyone had my back, and they were all calming me down. I didn't care that I didn't have a no-no or not. Defense played great. Hits are going to happen. So. What was your approach coming in? What did you want to do today, and what was working for you? Well, they kind of kicked our butts last time we met, so I wanted to do the same to them. And, you know, it is what it is. I just wanted to go at every batter. I wanted to win. I wanted to compete. When you started this season, you guys were kind of struggling a little bit, and Coach said that your guys' chemistry has really carried you through. What does that mean? What, is, what does that chemistry mean to you? Chemistry is everything. Like, let's today example, for them having my back, Bree's great double play at second. Without that, if we wouldn't have chemistry, it wouldn't have worked out at all. When you were trying to work the ball down low, I thought your curveball was fantastic today. Talk about that. Were you locating it early, or did you have to work your way into it? I had to work my way into it a little bit. Um, some of them were flat, but my main goal is leave nothing over the middle and make them hit it. Make it something that they have to swing at. When your offense scores like that and when your defense is playing behind you like that, does that, like, motivate you? It really does. It makes it a lot easier to know I don't have to be perfect every pitch. And that was his thing. Just win every pitch, and you don't have to be perfect. Just do what you do. Do you think this sends a message to the rest of the league that, you know, maybe things have been a little bit weird recently, but Lakewood is back on top? Definitely. I mean, every, it was weird for everyone. We all got to fight. I think we're going to take league. It's also, as we mentioned, the start of basketball season, and uh, we got a chance to catch up with McDonald's All-American and UCLA signee Peyton Watson, um, who has zigged where most have zagged among the other elite basketball players in high school. Um, Peyton has not been playing AAU ball. He has not been out uh, you know, transferring to another state to get a high, a high school senior season, and he said, I'm going to play a senior season at Poly, or I'll see y'all at Poly Pavilion. (laughs) He waited it out. uh, And I I was actually really kind of inspired by what he said about how special the city of Long Beach is to him and how special Poly is to he and his family. Um, So take take a listen and just appreciate what we get with this kid uh, for the rest of this basketball season. I mean, you know, with the pandemic, everything is uncertain. And with all the dates we were supposed to come back, we were kind of like wishy-washy on if we were going to be able to come back. Everybody was pretty skeptical of what was going to happen. So when we finally got that call that it was time to go and we had practice that, that Wednesday morning, I was just relieved. I was super joyful, and I want everyone to see me one last year in this poly jersey before I go off to college. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that because obviously a lot of the other sort of top guys – you know, they're acting like a little bit too cool, right? They're doing AAU and they're kind of like, it's whatever. Um, what was it in the way you think about your career and the sport that you said, I'm just waiting and I either get to play a senior season in high school or I'm going to college? Well, I mean, for me and my family, poly means something to us. We don't just say that. We don't fabricate anything we say. Everything we say is authentic. So when we say we love poly, we really do. And it was, nothing means more to me in this world than uh, Long Beach being able to see me play my senior year and just to see what all the hype's about. Everybody's been talking about it for a long time. And uh, me and the team, we just want to come out, put on a show for Long Beach and put on for the city. Um, how important is it to you, you know, to get to play with Chris this season? Obviously, no idea what's going to happen with him in terms of college recruitment and stuff. So, you know, how, how special is that for you guys to get to play together this year? It's super special. I love my brother. Um, we've been playing with each other since a young age. 
So to play this final time with him before I go off to college, it means the world to me, and we're looking to do some big things. Um, the value of the UCLA scholarship has gone up a little over the last month. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, what did you think watching you know, that, that run, and were you surprised? I mean, caught me off guard, to be honest with you. you know, what, what were your sort of emotions watching that run? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously we all had jitters, especially that first game against Michigan State. It was such a great game. But I never had doubt at any of the players or the coaches. I know the coach, coaching staff is top tier, uh, a whole bunch of great guys. And that's why the team is willing to play so hard and uh, die to play the game they love because the coaches have built up loyalty with the team and everybody's bought in. So I think it's just a testament to everybody's chemistry. And um, I think that's what UCLA is. I think I see that as a normality. I don't see that as just a one-time thing or we had a Cinderella story. I think that's a normal thing and I'm ready to get back to it next year. Um, how, how, you know, how much are you hopeful? I think we're gonna have a decision next week on playoffs. It's looking good, but what are your thoughts on that? How hopeful are you that there'll be a full, you know, CIF and state playoffs? Uh, I'm pretty hopeful. Things are starting to open up. The country's doing what it's doing and needed in terms of needing to wear masks, get the vaccine. So everything's moving smoothly so far. We're doing things right here, getting tested every week. So we just want to do things the right way and uh, finish this season off strong, especially with everything going on with COVID. Our main goal is just to stay healthy, everyone to remain healthy. Um, how, how good do you think you guys can be this year? I mean, I think we could be the best team in the state. That's what we're coming to prove. Everybody in here is hungry, and everybody wants to show that. I think a lot of times schools like us are overlooked because we don't have kids transferring from other states, other countries, just to play here. We got all the local kids, and we built a team of the best players in Long Beach, and this is what we got. So we want to show that this just isn't a small city, and we got some real good talent in Long Beach. Speaking of basketball season, girls basketball always back. The only defending CIF champion we have in the city right now, Wilson Girls Basketball. They won that D3 title historically last year, and now they are in D1, ready to take it to the next level. What a way to open that title to Vince. Scoring 86 points, 86-13 win over Lakewood at home. They were all smiles. They were pumped up. The intensity they played with really was the most impressive thing I thought other than the score and how they were playing. They were just up for that thing from whistle to whistle. And it's hard to do that when you're winning by that much. But we stopped and talked with Aaron Carey, coach Aaron Carey and senior guard, Ashley Hawkins. The first interview you'll hear is Aaron Carey talking about what it meant to be back in the gym and their goals. And the second one is with Hawkins. Just an overall comment on being back. I mean, it's, it's awesome. I mean, you can't put a, you think about this for a year and a half, we ended CIF and then didn't get to touch a gym until about two weeks ago. So this is for, especially having as many seniors as we do, this is, it's, I can't even put words on it. What was the goal coming in other than winning, obviously? Uh, well, I mean, really for us, it's getting prepared for the more competitive games, the Milliken, the Poly, so fine tuning stuff. Like we still didn't box out well. Uh, defensively, we still have work to do making completing offensive plays if we can't do it here we're gonna be in trouble when the clutch games happen a lot of scoring from a lot of different girls was that the goal or is that just kind of how you guys are gonna be this year it's it's how we're gonna be this year thankfully we we've got we we're really firing from every cylinder and uh it's gonna be fun <laughs> um actually was extremely talkative as she does yes. um, you know not only as a leader 
in the stat box, but also just a vocal leader. Yep. How important was she when you guys weren't playing? Uh, I mean, it, it, huge. Her, between her and Sid, just sending out text messages. Hey, guys, we're going to go to the park. When I couldn't even work out with them, they were going down to the beach to do workouts. So we're going to do a 5 a.m. weight workout at the beach with, you know, a player's mom. Just getting them functioning. Let's eat lunch at the beach. Let's, you know, so that they still kept that team attitude, the cohesiveness. So it wasn't, you know, coming back after a year of, like, not even knowing who each other were. So very huge in, in those leadership roles. Are you guys talking about overall season goals yet? Or is it just like, hey, let's play basketball and see what happens? Um, we're getting to we're getting to season goals. About the last week, we started narrowing down what we really want to do. When we first got back in the gym, it was let's knock the rust off and make sure we still know how to play. <laughs> what are those goals? Uh, I'd like to come second in the Moore League, so we're looking to knock Milliken off this year. Um, that's our season goal. And then as far as CF, I want to I want to be competitive. We're in D1 now, so it's a, a huge step up for us. I don't want to just go in there and get whomped on the first game. I want to make it competitive. Whether we win or lose, I, I don't really have eyes on that right now, uh, but I want it to be a competitive game. Uh, congratulations. How did it feel to be back in here playing ball? Amazing. I'm so glad to be back in here. I was watching film of last year because we were watching it like for Lakewood. And then I was like, oh, I just want to play already. Like, I was just so excited. Um, when you guys walked in, you know, you seemed super fired up, especially just the press and everything. Like, was that kind of the goal was to, like, go out there and just take it to them? Oh, yeah. Basically, because, like, um, we also knew that, like, parents and stuff weren't going to be here so we need like like we used to have like cheerleaders and all that that would like help us like with energy and stuff and so since we really wanted like to bring that energy we knew that would help us a lot with like just making baskets and stuff and so that was a big part of like what we needed do you feel like you guys attack the game differently because you've got rings does that change the way you attack the game um i don't think so i mean it's more like uh, our coach always says like other people are trying to come after us and so I mean it's more like we just need to like defend that as she says but like I don't think it makes us play any differently or anything you know like it is cool having a ring though <laughs> I'm loving it <laughs> um, compare like this team to last year's team how are you guys different you know what did you learn and all that stuff um, I mean we're missing like some people like Samaya and Kalasia and Nyla but like I feel like us like as a team we have a lot more team bonding just because like over covid like me and like tehani ariel and some other kids we would go down to like the beach and just go run down there for like all day we would be there at like 7 a.m and then leave at like 7 p.m and that would be like an everyday thing and so i mean that helps us a lot like with team bonding so now we know how to play with one another and then my dad also made like a club team and a lot of them started playing on it and that also helped a lot because now we know like oh, maybe this girl's going to cut quicker or other things like that. And so that helps a lot, you know. That wraps up another episode of What Up Long Beach. We want to shout out all of our sponsors, including Ocean Law Center. Visit OceanLawCenter.com for a list of services that they provide. Thank you so much to Ocean Law Center for their support of local sports coverage.